to the degree that people are looking for things externally with cannabis, like better spiritual connection, you know, more emotional awareness, better sex with their partner, right? Is the degree to which they are yearning for that inside, right? And so very similar to your I, we all principle, right? Like the program is based on first taking your power back with cannabis, right? This goes into a lot of limiting beliefs and limiting stories around cannabis. Oh, cannabis made me feel this way. No, it didn't. You made you feel that way. Yeah. Cannabis didn't make you lazy. You were lazy already, and cannabis accentuated and mirrored that back to you, right? Yeah. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today's guest is Ryan Sprague. Every now and then, maybe once in a lifetime if you are lucky, you have the good fortune to come across a real hermit. Hermits are wise ones who go off into the woods to master themselves and their craft. And when the weight of knowledge is so heavy they feel as though they will break, they come down the mountain and out of the woods to inspire and support others in healing and becoming free again. Today, you get to meet and learn from a true hermit, the Cannabist. Ryan Sprague has devoted half of his life to healing, studying, and exploring the science, practice, and psychology of healing through the use of marijuana and its many medical derivatives. His story is one of pain, sadness, and loss, coupled with great awakening, triumph, and education that can benefit us all. His journey began with his own illness, and being unsatisfied with what the medical system offered, he explored cannabis and found a healing ally. Ryan shares how medicinal marijuana helped his father deal with terminal cancer and ultimately his transition to the other side and how that experience helped to heal his relationship with his father. Paul and Ryan have a very upfront conversation about marijuana, explaining that it, like money, medical drugs, sex, food, power, position and fame, is a double-edged sword. Knowing how to use it can heal you and enhance your life, and being uneducated can decrease your physical, emotional, mental health, and spiritual freedom. Paul and Ryan shared the insights they have gained on how cannabis can be used to enhance healing, meditation, connection to nature, art, dance, experiencing and making music, and how it can help enhance sex and help men suffering from premature ejaculation, and more. They also share many insights as to why people get negative effects from cannabis, the serious lack of regulations and standards in the industry, and how a plant that isn't addictive can become very psychologically addictive when used without awareness. Ryan shares his recently launched Connect with Cannabis course, which is a very comprehensive holistic training program that teaches the deep science of marijuana, its derivatives, and how to identify what is ideal for each patient or client you are working with or for yourself, how to know when a marijuana detox is needed, and how to clean up for long-term health benefits, and how to facilitate healing ceremonies with the effective use of marijuana. Stay listening to the end of this episode for a special offer on the Connect with Cannabis course. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. I have a very interesting conversation to share with you today. Our title is The Cannabist, Healing Through Science and Ceremony with Ryan Sprague. Ryan Sprague is a Czech holistic lifestyle coach. He is certified as a lifestyle coach through the International Coaching Federation. He has a bachelor's degree in psychology, and he is certified by Mark England as an enlifted language coach, which I've heard nothing but great things about Mark and his coaching, and I'm going to have him on the podcast any day now, so I'm excited about that because he's a very cool cat like Ryan. Additionally, Ryan is certified in natural farming by the National Farming Institute and is certified in the cannabis 
education uh, by the New England Grassroot Institute. Uh, did I get that right, Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, Ryan and I have been planning this podcast for, what, about a year, I think. Yes. A long time. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, but there's a reason for that. And the reason is, is I won't do podcasts on anything until I've thoroughly tested whatever it is I'm going to podcast about. So if it's somebody's course I'm talking about, I will have gone through it and looked at it in detail. Books, I will have gone through in detail. And Ryan is a world-class expert at growing cannabis. So I've had a year of thorough testing. Yes. And... Um, one of the things that I did was I turned Ryan on to biogeometry because he was already using uh, Rudolf Steiner's techniques and another technique he'll talk about called Korean farming, which is also very good. And uh, the, bio, uh, the biogeometry really made some beautiful changes in your already excellent marijuana. Thank you. So today we're going to talk about a bunch of things. Um. But some of the things we're going to talk about, aside from a lot of the things that uh, many people don't know about cannabis, some of the pros and cons, we, we did have a previous podcast with an excellent grower named Alicia Rose, but this one's going to be different than that one. So if you listen to that one, there'll be lots of interesting stuff in this for you. And Ryan's approach is different and his whole orientation is different. And Alicia's, hers was fantastic as well, so no complaining there. But Ryan also has a really beautiful course called Cannabis Connection, where he teaches people about the science of growing uh, cannabis effectively and many, many other things. And I think that that's a very important concept today because there's so many people getting into cannabis and there's so much junk out there that with the right education, you can really grow your own. I've grown my own, and I was talking to Ryan about it. I grew my own at my last office in, at, uh, called the Heaven House, which you may have heard me talk about before. Beautiful, beautiful place. But it was so damn powerful, I couldn't smoke it. I had to give it all away. <laughs> and so I told Ryan, said, well, what, what seeds did you use? I said, train wreck. And he kind of smiled and said, well, no wonder. <laughs> <laughs> the name states it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I bought it for that very reason. I bought it from a specialized seed store um, in another country, mm. um, which was the only place I could find these organic, high-quality seeds. But uh, I think the magnitude of the sunlight up there and just, you know, it's like in the summertime, it's 100 to 106 every day. and mm. These plants just were rocking, but boy, oh boy, were they powerful. Too too strong for this kid. Plus your energy, right? Your energy in those plants makes a big difference too. It could be. I, did, <laughs> I give, give them a lot of water and love. I lost some of them to the deer and the rabbits. <laughs> so they, I think I had 12 plants and I ended up with nine. They thank you, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're pretty high. <laughs> yes. Uh, they probably me, still haven't come down. <laughs> yeah, they might be still wandering around starving to death. Yes. I forgot to eat. <laughs> but um, anyhow, um, Ryan's cannabis is, um, well, what, your, your cannabis is extremely good. It's actually the best, some of the very best I've ever used. I, I, I. It's right up there with the very best I've ever used, but I can't say who's uh, actually my buddy Jared Picard on his biodynamic farm mm. grew good marijuana like you do. Mm. And uh, 
he, he doesn't do that for a living. It was just a gift to me out of his own personal stock. But I'll tell you what, before I found yours, that was the creme de la creme. Mm. And by the way, if you're into biodynamic farming, I have a podcast with Jared Picard. It's really, really informative. But uh, uh, Ryan, cannabis is known and scientifically validated to be a panacea medicine um, that has a very wide range of uses. I'd love it if you can overview some of the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual uh, benefits that cannabis gives us. Because I, I mean, I obviously know a lot of them, but I'd like to hear from you. What are, mm. what's, what's, what are some of the things you use it for and help people use it for? And I, I think we could probably start with the stress of the environment today. Absolutely. I mean, when we talk about the physical components, you know, like you were talking about, stress is a big one. The challenge with that, as we'll get into later, is patterns of dependency, yes. right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, really using it all too often to help you relax yeah. and help you de-stress, right? Yep. But uh, we know that it can help with global inflammation. Uh, we know the CB2 receptors are great at immune modulation, immune cell modulation. So there's so many things that I imagine research will continue coming out with that blow this open even farther than it has been. Yeah. And then for me... When I really get into emotional, mental, and spiritual benefits, that's where really I, I feel what I teach in Connect with Cannabis changes a lot from what I, I had read up until this point and studied. And so with regards to emotion, right, cannabis can really act as a mirror, right? And this yeah. is why so many people have challenges with things like anxiety, depression, whatever, right? Because it's mm. mirroring back their internal state, yes. right? Unlike alcohol or other you know protectors that we can interact with. You know, cannabis has a really unique way of being a spiritual aid and ally, right? Yeah. And so within that realm, it's going to mirror back your internal state to you, right? Yes. With regards to the mental components, this is like a, a multifaceted thing because in, on one hand, it can help drop us out of our mental body and into our physical body, right? Where all healing occurs, yeah. but it can also uh, speed that up depending on the profile of the plant, right? You know, with some high rev sativas, if you have negative thoughts, right? And stinking thinking, yeah. it can exacerbate that, yeah. right? All psychedelics act like mirrors. That's what a lot of people just don't understand. Yeah. And they go, oh, I'm never going to do that again. I'm like, well, <laughs> guess what? It wasn't the drug, it's you. Yes. You know, it's, uh, it's just something that people have to learn. Uh, but the other thing too is that, that aside from that, one of the things I've found in my own life experience and working with a lot of people having a lot of like negative, fearful, suicidal, dark thinking mm. is that the the cannabis industry is so unregulated and so wild. They're using tons of crazy ass chemicals. Mm -hmm. And over the years, I've had people say, hey, you want to try some of this or whatever, and and I'll take a puff of it and next thing you know, I can feel that chemical buzz and that sort of off. And all of a sudden I find myself having these feelings of paranoid thoughts. And I'm like, immediately I know, okay, that's not organic. And I always usually ask first, but sometimes, you know, if I'm in a bit of a party situation, <laughs> there's a bunch of people <laughs> passing stuff past around you, yeah. and I go, okay, <laughs> I'll take a hit. But right away I'm like, oh my God, what the hell is that? Yeah. And so I think because chemicals do modulate the nervous system and the hormones of the interface between our psychic energetic self and our physical self, any drug will modulate hormones. So if you're, if you're using 
cannabis that isn't grown certified organic and they're using, you know, I, fi I find hydroponically grown pot is the one that seems to have the most negative stuff. I don't know if it's what they're using in the water, but. I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? Because hydroponic, although it's an amazing technology, is almost the farthest from the natural way cannabis is grown that you can right. possibly interact with, right. right? I mean, they're using all chemical salt nutrients and yeah, your yields might be huge, right? I get all of the pluses that the quantitative approach to cannabis takes higher yields, potentially higher potency. But I always ask people this, how well the steroids work out for yeah. an athlete, right? Very good point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, yes, these things can make your fruits bigger, right? But at the same time, a lot of the same things I do, like Korean natural farming and biodynamic farming, they can make your yields just as much, yeah. right? It's just a different system. And we've seen this. I mean, you've done plenty of research and talked to the benefits of regenerative agriculture. And, you know, that's a lot that I learned in the Natural Farming Institute about how it's really a myth that these chemical salts actually do anything good, quote unquote, right? right like yeah. for a year or two, yes, you'll see increased yields. And then from then you get a diminishing return. Yeah. And I mean, think about what that does to the body, right? Like yeah. you were talking about this, the, the connection with the nervous system. I mean, there's so much in there. It's a deep, deep rabbit hole. But the other thing too that I love focusing on is when you're interacting with cannabis that comes from the typical industry, let's talk about the energy of the average grower. Right? Yeah, that's important too. And I'll just interject there that, and I've talked about this a lot in my training in HLC training, and, and I talk about it on various educational endeavors, but because all plants are largely water-based, anytime you have a grower that's in a, um, an unstable state or insecure or growing illegally, so they're paranoid mm. or isn't a healthy-centered person, that energy is picked up by the plants and, you know, plants are super conscious. I recently released a podcast with Monica Gagliano, the world's leading research in plant consciousness. And I have studied this for many, many years myself, but it's, it's very well documented, for example, in the book, The Secret Life of Plants mm. and a number of other ones. Julius Chandler Bose was a plant um, consciousness researcher back in the early 1900s and his work was just mind-blowing. And so I think that what a lot of people don't realize is that because water is a molecule that's sensitive to the widest range of vibrations of any molecule ever investigated, which is, you know, like if, if you can think of a vibration, it affects water. Absolutely. Including psychic vibration. Yeah. Um, you know, a person is bringing the vapor of the plant, even if you're smoking it, you're bringing the moisture of the plant into your body and that water connects to the field of consciousness that is embedded into it by the surroundings including the grower hmm. so i think we not only have the chemical connection to negative effects in pot but we have the psychic connection and you know i've been working with plant medicines for a very long time i i really i did a year of training in 2006 but I was smoking pot when I was a kid. I found it far better for me than alcohol. I never really enjoyed alcohol. But Same. Um, I've I've just uh, seen over the years that our, our understanding of marijuana and, and our use of it and our cultivation of it and, you know, everything. It's like anything, you know, you, you see people go crazy with it. But uh, we're at a point now where... Um, in the environment we're in, if people get a hold of poor quality pot 
and they're in a stressful environment like this, you take poor quality pot grown by a grower that's not stable, and then you smoke it when you're needing help from a medicine, not added stress, you can get in trouble. But the point I was leading to is over the years in my work, I've dealt with many shaman and and people that are experts at growing Hmm. plant medicines of various types. And I found consistently that the best plant medicines of any type come from the growers and the shaman that are the most centered and grounded people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's one of the things that I've discovered too within the industry is that, you know, I jokingly call myself a cannabis snob these days, but it's specifically because I understand this connection, right? Specifically with the psychic component. And, you know, there's, there's so many people who want me to try their cannabis and, you know, try this out. And I'm like, Hey, honestly, like I cultivate my medicine for me. Right. And it perfectly like illustrates what I need for healing because from the second I'm putting the seed in the ground, I'm inoculating it with my own microbiome by holding the seed in my mouth, right? Before I plant. Oh, do you put it in your mouth? Yeah. Yeah. And so that medicine is made for me. Right. And so, you know, with other people, it's, it's more so like, I'm just not willing to take that risk anymore. Right. Unless I know the person like Jared Picard, for instance, right. Someone like that, who I know is balanced, who I understand is doing the quote unquote work behind the scenes to ensure they're coming with, you know, a, a outlook that is positive in nature. You know, they understand and respect and have reverence for the plant, et cetera. It's so important. It is. And plants are living beings, you know, it's our whole Western concept of farming and, and, um, the plant kingdom is so, I don't even have a word for it. It's un, uneducated is not even the right word. It's its just, as Wolfgang Pauli said, worse than wrong. Yes. You know, um, <laughs> Wolfgang Pauli, for those of you who don't know, is a famous quantum physicist, but uh, he was known to be quite temperamental and not very nice <laughs> to people that had what he called shitty ideas. So he, he, he would say, that idea is not even wrong. It's worse than wrong. Yeah. You know? <laughs> a feather ruffler, you know. <laughs> and, you know, uh, uh, on the spiritual benefits, I've had and, and, and taught many of my students for this reason, but I've had absolutely beautiful experiences with the right uh, cannabis, doing things like walking in nature, talking to plants and trees, connecting to them. Um, doing Tai Chi, I've, I've had many people that can't feel Chi, you know, Mm. that's pretty common in our Western culture, but you give somebody a little bit of good pot like you grow and then take them out and teach them Tai Chi. And I haven't met anybody that can't feel the Chi field when they're on the right medicine. So one of the things that the plant medicines of all types have taught me is that they, they actually teach you how to get the pathways open. So once you recognize that your plant does communicate with you and you know that it's real, then you don't need the pot. 100%. You've got the pathways open and then it's a matter of, of maintaining the practice. And I think that's part of the problem that our culture has is they're so stuck in the medical model. They think if I don't have the pot, then I can't enjoy my plants or I can't enjoy uh, nature or whatever it is that they associate it with, but they don't realize that that the the chemical is only the doorway. Yes, you know, and and as you know, there's so many chemicals in marijuana. My God, it's, <laughs> it's just wild. like holy shit! It's expanding almost every week at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, last article I read said there was like 400 
chemical derivatives that had some kind of medicinal benefit in one plant. Yes. And that's why it's considered a panacea today, as is research showing that ayahuasca is, as is mushrooms. Um, I'm talking about psychedelic mushrooms, but God, the, the, you know, the books that are on mushrooms alone and the range of things that you can do with them from nutritional profiles to healing certain glands or organs. I mean, you know, you could, you could be a mushroom expert and study nothing but mushrooms for the rest of your life, like Paul Stamets and, and really go off to the races. But the point I was driving at with that comment is just that, you know, meditation, I've had just mind blowingly good meditations some of my favorite come from cannabis. Yeah. And, and really deep connection. And, you know, a lot of the purists say, oh, you know, that's not real meditation or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've heard all your stories before. But, um, you know, I, I, my philosophy is never judge a man by the creed he professes, but by the life he leads. So mm. as soon as the purists start giving me all that shit, I start asking them questions that make it clear that they're really just judging from a perspective of basically um projecting out what they don't want to look at inside of themselves absolutely you know so i say okay well you have your path i have mine (laughs) (laughs) we'll see whose works better (laughs) yeah you know at the end of the day your life is mirroring back your own belief system to you 100 shows up everywhere i'm sort of a empirical scientist i like to test things for myself instead of reading magazines or books and believing and i go well, that sounds rational and logical. Let me try it. And some things that sound really good on paper don't work out very well. In, Absolutely. In practical application. <laughs> and some things that nobody's ever written about turn out to be magical and should be written about. Mm. So I think when, and I think that's part of the disease we have in the world right now is people believe what's on a television screen or a phone or a tablet or a computer. And instead of actually investigating it for themselves and really getting to the bottom of it and looking at opinions on both sides, they just believe it. The next thing you know, they got themselves in a real world of hurt because some doctor said, take this, um, <laughs> you know. Well, it's like religion, right? Like people stopped having the direct experience and t- t- pushing the button themselves and they started reading about the direct yes, experience, right? Yes. And so it's a very similar flavor I see with yeah. everything in life right now. Which is why Rumi said, no man can get to God until he becomes a heretic, mm, right? Yes. A heretic is someone that goes against the book yes, or against the dogma or the doctrine, which means really you should be having your own experiences. And anybody that does have their own experiences often finds that the dogma and the doctrine is very far off the base because a lot of these doctrines are designed to keep you from becoming intelligent and to keep you becoming sovereign and mm-hmm. to keep you from becoming conscious and thinking for yourself and being creative because then it makes it harder for them to control you. Mm. But I think we all know enough about that today to not have to go into that too much. (laughs) Yeah. Take a look around. It's everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Hi, everybody. You know, people from around the world are constantly asking me where they can find organic foods and supplements that are actually organic, not just some fake impersonation which is sadly so common in the marketplace today. My most common suggestion is go to Organifi.com, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, where you can find a wide range of excellent nutritious products made from certified organic source materials. Organifi has superfood drinks that actually taste great, (laughs) unlike most, immune support products, excellent high-quality protein powders, digestive support, joint support, liver support, green juice, 
hormonal support, and menstrual ease nutrition formulated by a team of female herbologists for women and more. My family and I and a significant number of my clients and friends and students from around the world use and love Organifi products because they're nutritious, taste great, and unlike many products, you actually get what you pay for. Hallelujah! I love Organifi's high values and high quality products and they're excellent for athletes, children, and the whole family. There's no better investment than investing in your own health and well-being. And when it comes to investing in my health and the health of my family, I go to Organifi. If that's not enough to make you want to explore all the amazing products waiting for you at Organifi, I'd love to sweeten the deal for you by offering you a special Living 4D with Paul Check discount of 20% on any of Organifi's excellent certified organic, super clean, nutritious products by using the code capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 20 on checkout. That's CHECK20, all caps, on checkout. I hope you enjoy Organifi as much as my family and I do. Now, with the emotional and the mental, uh, one of the things that I learned from my studies, and I've had to work with a lot of athletes that had this problem, uh, because a lot of the athletes I work with, people like Danny Way and many of my guys are ex-game competitors, and you know I've worked with a long string of the world's hardcore athletes, but a lot of them using marijuana for pain control because they, mm. they've had a lot of injuries and, and they don't want to use uh, opiates and things like that. But, and actually I studied Julia Ross's work. She wrote the book, The Diet Cure mm. and The Mood Cure. And she does a lot of work with people that have drug addictions. But in her work, uh, she talks about how it takes about three weeks to clear the THC molecule from your body um, if you're not using any um, uh, marijuana, you got to be completely clean. Of course. And there's also uh, various detox systems out there for getting it out of your body, especially for people that have to get tested. But mm-hmm. what she talked about, which I've actually seen clinically many times, is that if you keep smoking pot or using marijuana derivatives, that the cell receptor sites, the marijuana cell, uh, marijuana. Um, the THC molecule and other derivatives can dock on the cell, but yeah, they, they actually have a clogging effect on the cell. And so the other hormones that we need to modulate are our emotions so that our our actual emotional experience reflects the thought or the relationship situation we're having can get in and out, right? You, you know, one minute you can be happy about something, but 10 minutes later irritated about something else, or mm-hmm. you can be... Uh, just got bad news, but 20 minutes later, you find out that your boss just promoted you. So our emotions have to be able to move dynamically. So what Julia Ross pointed out is that people that are over consumers of marijuana lose the dynamism of their emotional um, connection because Mm -hmm. the THC molecule clogs the cells up. Kind of the analogy I give is if you are cooking in the kitchen and you have a bunch of kitchen fodder from the knife and you know, meat chunks and whatever, it'll clog the drain up. And the next thing you know, you can't drain the sink. So and you have an expensive bill after. <laughs> well, well, you can, you know, you got to clean the drain, right? Yeah. But the point I'm making is, is that that's what happens in your cells. The, the, the ability for the cell to be permeable to other messages gets disrupted. And I've seen a lot of cases of athletes having a lot of emotional self-regulation problems a lot of outbursts with anger, a lot of relationship problems with spouses and children. And inevitably they come to me and I have to clean them out and, you know, take them, find other 
natural sources, whether it be uh, feel-free from botanic tonics or mm. what depends on what year it was. And but it's, I've been through this over and over again, um, or other natural herbs that help heal um, pain or help protect against pain. Kratom is is one, mm. and then um, so there's there's that aspect of it emotionally. So I, I, I'm bringing that up because if people use marijuana too frequently even if it's really good pot it still can clog you up so one of the tips i would give is if you're finding yourself less emotionally stable or the people around you are making comments about it or that you're finding that your emotional dynamic capacity your range of emotions is starting to narrow down the consistent thing i see with these people is depression 100 percent. yeah i mean you know, the term that I like to use for this is numbing out, yes, right? You're essentially yeah. numbing out your emotions. Yeah. And, you know, this is one of the big challenges that I see with the lack of education in the cannabis world is that in the industry, right, which I was in the professional industry for five years. And during that time, basically the ideology is, hey, smoke it whenever you want all day. You know, it, it won't give you cancer. So you can just smoke it all the time. Yeah. And as someone who has gone through that, right, and traversed it, I can tell everyone listening that there is some serious real things like you're talking about that happen. I mean, you, yeah. you will become emotionally numb. Even if you're doing all the things, right? I was only interacting with cannabis once per night. I was only using a bowl. I was always using organic medicine that yeah. I grew. Yeah. I was doing all the things, checking all the lists, but I found that I was numbing out as a result of it. Yeah. And everything just becomes gray. Yeah. And then what happens is the only thing you know that find that you can find comfort in is the plant. So then this is when the pattern of dependency yes. happens, right? Mm-hmm. Because what's happening is you're not getting addicted to cannabis. You're getting addicted to the feelings of comfort that come from cannabis, especially if you're hurting inside, which is why most people end up interacting with cannabis. Most people these days don't get into it for a spiritual component. They might find that, but they get into it and they like it because it gives them something that they were yearning for inside they couldn't figure out the button for. I think a lot of people get into it because, well, statistically speaking, um, Research in Europe showed that, I believe in Europe, it was 70% of people surveyed in large surveys said that they did not like their job. In fact, most of them hated their job. And in the United States, it was 75% hated their job. Mm. And because we've got this automated industrialized world where people go do kind of very piecemeal, repetitive work, like an insurance adjuster or... Um, a clerk mm. or a stalker or I don't mean a stalker like stalking you. I mean like, you know, a stalker at the store. <laughs> That's a different job. <laughs> yeah. Or um, a lot of things. I mean, when you look at the intelligence of a human being and our capacity for creativity and our need for novelty and you say, okay, let's look at the average person's job out there. Uh, most people could train a chimpanzee to do their job 100% and 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 maybe even lower animals <laughs> like, you know cuz chimpanzees are pretty smart yeah um so what happens is you you get into this sort of situation where you're thinking you're, you're doing what you got to do to make a living but you're really not living you don't have passion for your work you don't have the inspiration to learn more and grow more it's really like how quickly can i get out of here so what happens is people start burning out 
Then they come home and they need alcohol or marijuana or something else to create a state shift so they start to feel alive. Yes. And so I think um, one of the main reasons that people use so much marijuana is they're just trying to get out of what we would call the world into any of the worlds that you can get into. And, you know, pot is something, it's a psychedelic. So it can take you into other worlds. Yeah. And it's the people psychedelic, right? I mean, especially these days, it's the most available. It's the least stigmatized, even though it is still very stigmatized. You can do it in your living room. You don't have to go to a jungle, right? And so it is the people psychedelic. But the challenge is exactly what you're saying. Most people have no awareness around emotions or anything like that. And then they're interacting with a plant that at best can be a great teacher, but at worst, it can really just pull the wool over your eyes and give you that comfort, and that's the end of it. Right? Yeah. The other thing, too, is is that there's a couple of things. One, if you're using sativas especially, they can be quite stimulating. So they're upregulating neurohormonal activity. Mm. So a good example is if you drink coffee and then all of a sudden you don't have your coffee, you can go into quite a, a, a sort of a withdrawal state mm. and a low energy state because you've upregulated through coffee the production of cortisol and adrenaline, which are very stimulating, mm-hmm. right? Activating hormones. And sativas can really lift you up. 100%. Right? And, and so if a person gets used to being stimulated, 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 all the other things we set aside, if you just said, okay, let's get rid of all the clogging of the cells and mm-hmm. all that stuff, and we just looked at it purely from a physiological perspective, if you keep pushing the system faster and faster, and then, of course, you have adaptation, because the more you use of, of marijuana, the more you've got to use to get to the same place, mm-hmm. which makes it more and more expensive, but the more you keep pushing the system um, – the more the nervous system is used to being up high. And so if there's hormones and stimulants coming in, it will reduce the production of its own natural stimulants. Mm -hmm. So you go through a withdrawal phase. So a lot of people, like I've met many people that can't think without marijuana. 100%, me too. They they can't string a sentence together. Mm -hmm. they, they, They get very anxious and very nervous. They have a hard time being social. Because after a while, their brain chemistry has become so dependent on the marijuana that they, if unless they go through a long enough clean-out period mm-hmm. and use the right hormones, one of the things I ha- encourage people to do is find a good acupuncturist. I found a skilled acupuncturist can really speed your recovery and stimulate the hormones naturally and balance the body. I love my acupuncturist. Yeah. It's my number one person that I go to for all my healing. Yes. It's amazing. So the, the, there's a thing called the cephalic phase response. For example, they did research and they showed if somebody eats an artificially sweetened food, the brain actually <clears throat> perceives that something sweet's coming in. Mm-hmm. So it elevates blood sugar and it stimulates the system because it expects that the actual food is going to deliver the calories, uh, be it carbohydrate or, or whatever. But then when it doesn't come, it spent its own resources, but it didn't get any incoming resources. Mm. So the cephalic phase response shows that if you stimulate the brain or the nervous system or the cells with any stimulant and you keep doing it, then the system over revs itself and it has to go into a yin cycle. Be like if I kept you up for 24 hours straight. You're going to have to sleep longer to compensate because your whole system's fatigued. 
So when people keep upregulating and upregulating and upregulating, they actually get so used to being on this elevated plane. A, a good analogy is, I'm sure you'd know this one. <laughs> like when I used to ride a motorcycle on the street, or you know, I've I've had a lot of really fast cars, and even my Audi is quite mm. fast. I mean. My, <laughs> You can be going 140 in my Audi, and, and it feels like you're going 75 or 80 in most cars. You know, German engineering, man. <laughs> yeah, but like if I'm out driving, say you know, across country, I can be cruising at 130, 140. But then you get to a 70 zone. Maybe you're coming into a freeway. You got to be careful for radar traps. Driving 70 feels like you can get out and walk. 100. percent So if you stimulate the system to where you're going 120 all the time. Then when you come down to the normal pace of life, it feels like you're dying, like you're just, there's no life in you. And so people keep having to kind of overstimulate and overstimulate. And Steiner talks about what he called supersaturation. He was referring to processed foods and sugar, especially. Mm. But he says, when you saturate the system with too much stimulus, then it flatlines and then you have to take it up another level. And that never stops until someone, the system just collapses hormonally. It's adrenal fatigue, right? It can lead to adrenal fatigue for sure, yeah. Yeah. It, you can have all sorts of imbalances from dopamine, uh, poor dopamine regula regulation to uh, you know, serotonin. All sorts of things can go wacky in there. 100%. And you know that whole yang to yin thing? Yes. You know, Think about heat stroke, right? Like yeah. heat stroke is literally your body getting too hot and then you get cold yes. right? to bring it back down to yeah. the baseline. And yeah, it's, it's so important and I see it happening a lot with regards to cannabis, right? And people, yeah. again, this isn't the, the, the dialogue that's out there. So people generally, they know something is up, but mm -hmm. they have no way to capture it because it's very similar to things going on in society right now where when you get uh, challenges in your relationship with cannabis, there's nowhere to go because people are like, what are you, crazy? Like everything's fine with cannabis. You can, yeah. you can never get addicted. You won't die. You can't get cancer. It's just, it's ridiculous. And it's a yeah. lot of it's a strange paradox that, you know, the industry is currently in because it's more popular than ever, but yet there's less education than ever. Yeah. And it's more popular than ever and there's more junk yes. than ever. Frankenweed. Like, like, I mean and yeah, some of these things are oh man, I I mean, I used to remember when twenty percent THC was considered really high. It's a big deal. Yeah. I remember I was up in Alaska. Uh, a couple years ago, we took a, a cruise to Alaska, and boy, Alaska's got a marijuana business like you've never seen. You ever seen the pot shops in Alaska? Oh yeah, it's amazing Holy up there. Shit, man, it's like <laughs> it's like going into a showroom of of unbelievable. I mean, I've seen THC crystals like an eighth of an inch across. I yeah. mean, they're they're like diamonds yeah. on, on the leaves of these pot plants. Yeah. And some of them had THC at like 36%. I'm like, holy shit, man, that would be like mainlining speed. Yeah. And what's the reason for it, right? Like, I don't know. It's just know, a, sh it's a contest. It's now. a dick measuring contest, yeah, right? Yeah. It's really, really is, you know, because, you know, most females I meet aren't as interested in the high THC numbers. They might be like, cool, I'll, I'll interact with it. But men, I find, I mean, when I was working at the dispensary, every guy that came in, first question, what's your highest THC? They wouldn't ask yeah. what, you know, this is the effect I'm looking for. They wouldn't ask for any advice. It's just, I'm going for this because that's the standard. Second question, how big is your bench press? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty as charged. How much THC is in your pot? Yeah. How much can you bench press? <laughs> yeah. The sign of an unevolved male. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Now, the, the, the other thing I wanted to touch on, even though we're spending a ton of time on one question here, <laughs> uh, the spiritual benefits, I, I really do feel that if you use 
marijuana as part of a ceremonial practice. Like I wouldn't recommend people get in the habit of smoking pot to meditate every day. 100%. But I would say if you're having a hard time relaxing or you're wanting to have a different experience um, or you want to go out into nature and meditate in nature and feel more connected to the earth and to the surroundings um, or if like I love to to drum and rattle and sing and chant with mm. some good pot. It just seems to open the flow up. And and I prefer it over mushrooms because mushrooms make me very sleepy all the time. Yeah, you get the yawns. I just want to <laughs> lay down and dream all the time. You yeah. know? But with a good pot, you can really open up this sense. And I find you can connect to people in the group really well. Yes. So you can merge into the group and have these flow states very easily. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, having spent a lot of time in my life drumming, chanting, rattling, singing, writing my own chants and songs, and and just working with them, I've really found marijuana a really good tool for opening up your creativity. And I love to paint on pot. It's, mm. If there's anything that is my number one buddy for painting, it's it's a really decent sativa. Um, and I go to guys like you and say, what, 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 what's the best one you've got for yeah. crea- creative work where I won't get jittery or, you know, because if you get too overstimulated, you can't paint for shit because your paintbrush is all over the place. Then you're tremoring, right? Your body's yeah. getting to release some tension, but that's not the mission you wanted to go on. <laughs> no. And, and sometimes I'm painting like geometrical forms and mm. things where I have to follow lines very carefully. But I find, and I also really love marijuana because it really um, enhances your acoustic capacity. You really feel music. You're not yes. just hearing it. You're having a musical experience. It's a carrier wave for emotion, right? Yeah. As music is, but cannabis can be too, right? Where normally, if someone asks like, hey, Paul, how are you doing? The second someone is asking you that question, your mind is already going through and your ego is going through all these stories that end up basically by you saying, good, right? No matter how you're feeling, right? (laughs) I normally say, well, I'm either uh, feeling pretty good today or I'm better than most people or I'm irritated as hell because somebody (laughs) fucked up their contract with me and (laughs) left my house uh, unfinished or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I understand exactly what you mean. Yeah. And it's like, so like what I always think about is how, you know, when we're interacting with cannabis, and someone asks us, for instance, that question, how are you doing? A lot of times the emotion will just come out of you. You might start crying. You might start laughing because it bypasses the mind. And music does that same thing, right? You might hear a song and immediately start crying. You don't know why, yeah. but it happens, well, right? Well, it, it opens up the emotional body quite well. Mm. I remember one time, I'll tell you a true little story. I had been on the road for months and it was I was tired. I was under a lot of stress, flying constantly going in, giving a lecture, rushing to the airport. Uh, there was, I remember one time I did 47 lectures in six countries in six weeks. And some of these are like, you know, all day workshops or two day or three days. So it's not like I'm just going and standing on stage for an hour and leaving. Yeah. They're like full on <laughs> engagements. And I had been on the road for several months and Penny and I used to make it around the world twice a year, every year for over 20 years, probably 25 years. We practically lived on airplanes, but I ended up in England. It was kind of my last stop. And I was working with our uh, then distributor, now CEO, Gavin. Gavin used to be our distributor in in the UK. Mm. And 
I, I was just so tired of outputting and just so like exhausted and no amount of Tai Chi and meditation and all the things that I've used regularly all my life. It was just, I was just running out of yeah. energy. I mean, I was just running out of output. No more bandwidth. And I, I, and plus at that time we were going through a lot of financial troubles in the Institute. I think this is around 2008 when the stock market crashed. Mm. So I had to like double my travel to keep the business alive. And, mm. and I wanted to take a year off, not travel more, but I got to England and I said to Gavin, I said, you know, I had like two weeks of teaching to do for him. I said, you know what? I am so fried right now. The thought of teaching just makes me want to crawl under a rock and cry. And they're super strict on pot over in England. I mean, they you, you they treat it like you're a criminal. Yeah, they treat it like it's heroin. Yeah, it's like heroin <laughs> or something. But I said to him, can you talk to any of our student base that you know might know where to get some pot? Well, anyhow, long story made short, one of one of our instructors was connected to a friend that grew his own pot and got me some. And I'll tell you what, within 30 seconds of having some pot, I had just such an emotional release. Mm. I just started to cry. And it was like the weight of the world was coming out of me in my tears. And, and I, I felt so much better after that. I mm. just, it was just like, it was like I had a boil or a, uh, you know, like a poisonous accumulation of other people's energy that had gotten trapped in me from having to deal with so many people and so many demands on me. But my point is, is marijuana used therapeutically like that can be really powerful because I was able to enjoy some pot at night in the evening and, and more re deeply relax and do my art. I often will do a, a mandala at night when I'm on the road and, and ground myself Plus, I'm dealing with constant time zone changes. Hmm. But I, I swear to God that I will never forget how powerful that experience was because I hadn't smoked any pot in like four months. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, having all that road stress and then getting a nice homegrown pot, it was just like somebody just opened the valve and, and like an, a bathtub full of dirty water just came rolling out of my eyes, you know, and I just yeah. felt like, wow, that was just so helpful. It's a control alt delete, right? It can be, right? It can, it can be, be a control yeah. alt delete for your whole, you know, physiology, right? Everything that you are. And one of the things that I think about a lot with this is this whole idea of a body memory of bliss, right? Yes. And with cannabis, like you were talking about, it's it's not the moon, but it can be the finger that points you towards the moon, right? right? Yeah. When you forget about it. And so the whole body memory of bliss is like, you know, when you have that mess up, right? When you forget exactly where you're going, right? Or you forget how to connect, right? Or you're stressed out. Yeah. It can be that thing that pattern interrupts you back to saying, oh, okay, now I know what that feels like. And then if you're using it intentionally, when you're not interacting with cannabis and you're doing Tai Chi, for instance, and maybe you hadn't felt the Chi before, but now you've experienced it, you've had a direct experience, your body is more likely to remember that experience, yes. right? And be able to tap back into it. I think that's yeah. one of the best things cannabis has to offer if used intentionally. Hi, everybody. I'm sure you've all heard of the benefits of bone broth, but I bet you don't know about bone broth protein powder. I found an awesome bone broth protein powder with Paleo Valley, and I asked Autumn Smith if she'd explain why hers is so good from Paleo Valley. 
Well, like you said, collagen is basically the fountain of youth, and most of us are not getting enough of it in our diet because maybe we don't have time to simmer bones on a regular basis. And so we created our powder to make getting the benefits of collagen for your joint health, for your gut health, for your mental health, really, really simple. And we sourced it from 100% grass-fed and grass-finished bones. So it is a beef bone broth protein powder that you can literally put in everything. It's tasteless. I add it to my son's smoothies. I put it into his desserts. You can even put it in soup and get all the benefits of collagen without all of the time and energy and investment. So all you have to do to check it out is go to our website at paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. And you can use the code CHECK15. That's lowercase C-H-E-K-15 at checkout. And I hope your family loves it. I know you'll love it. Keep your body healthy. Keep your kids healthy. And let's make the world a better place with Paleo Valley. Enjoy. One of the things that I found out early, you remember I, I became a father when I just turned 18. So I, I was married at a very early age. Um, but I used to find even at that time that cannabis was great for delaying ejaculation. <laughs> and yes. my, my wife and I could have just the most amazing sex and she could orgasm lots of times, and <laughs> I would be like, "Yes, I'm Superman on yes. this stuff." You know? <laughs> and I think that's far better for people than using Viagra and all these chemical concoctions. Absolutely. But you know, of course, we want to get back to holistic principles. Mm. But <clears throat> you know, unless you're going to take a course in tantra, we're all you know, the male body's designed to ejaculate. It's not got this game going on. Let me, let me see how long I can go without yeah. ejaculating. It's just like, I'm supposed to ejaculate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what this thing's for. <laughs> but for those of you out there that might be having premature ejaculation or just want to enhance your sex life, I found if you experiment, some people do better with an indica, sometimes a hybrid, sometimes as a Tiva. I think you just got to uh, have you found any one strain particularly better than others for pre, pre, for premature ejaculators or or just delaying ejaculation? Yeah, I mean, one of the ones that I use most regularly for love making sessions uh, with my partner Rachel is Stropicana, and uh, Stropicana it's a indica hybrid, right? And it's got a really high amount of limonene. And when you're looking for strains that you want to accentuate your sexual health, yeah. you want to look at things high in limonene, right? Because they, while the strain also has myrcene, which can be a little more relaxing, limonene keeps you stimulated enough that you're really in the experience. You're not falling asleep right yeah. on top of your partner. Not exactly the best. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, best. <laughs> that's not how you delay ejaculation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's not the way <laughs> that's that you want to. called delaying sex. Yeah, exactly. And your partner might not be happy with that. But, yeah. you know, one of the things I've found is that when I'm interacting with cannabis, first of all, I'm more in my body, right? Yeah. And what's able to be done is I have more awareness around where I am in the ejaculation process, right? Yeah. And I can tell when I'm starting to overexert myself yeah. and get myself close before the time I want yeah. to. Yeah, you still the wind up. Exactly. And so it's this amazing awareness that you have too, which I imagine plays into it at a great amount, yeah. separate from the physiological aspects of like actually being able to delay ejaculation yeah. right and so there's it's such a deep rabbit hole and it's one of the things i focus on and connect with cannabis because if you're going to connect with cannabis you really can't leave that conversation without talking about sex in some way shape or form right yeah i mean talk about the best connector on planet earth <laughs> yes and and the other thing too is is just for the people out there that the men that need some help with this breathing through your nose mm. and controlling your breathing so it's rhythmical slow and steady and 
even though you may be getting psychologically excited, like maybe your girlfriend or your wife is masturbating in front of you, which I don't know about the rest of you, but that's enough to turn my whole body into a phallic symbol. Yeah, you got to go run a lap after that. <laughs> yes, I, but my point is even when that's happening, I just calm myself and say, yes, this is beautiful. I'm having a great time. But you, you can feel the sort of like the testosterone building up to like a, an explosion's coming. The animal. Out. And that's when you got to just sort of take the more mature male road and say, okay, this is beautiful. I can really enjoy this. I don't need to get too excited. And I just breathe steadily in through my nose, take a deep diaphragmatic breath. And, and even when you're making love, even if it's getting physical, you still have to be like a, a Wim Hof and monitor your breathing. And because the sympathetic system, the fight or flight system is what's responsible for ejaculation. Mm. So when you breathe through your nose, you have parasympathetic nerve endings in your nose that when you breathe in through your nose and it stimulates the hairs and the nose and in the turbinates in the nose that stimulates the parasympathetic system and if you breathe slow enough you'll get carbon dioxide retention which also Mm. stimulates the parasympathetic system and the parasympathetic system is what maintains the ejaculation Mm. that's why when men are tired or they're drinking too much coffee um they ejaculate very quickly because they're too sympathetically dominant they're in a parasympathetic deficit so good pot with proper breathing and mind control um, can really enhance your sex life. Yeah. I mean, the breathing has been my biggest part, right? And of course, the cannabis can help because you have more awareness over your breath and all these things. But I think like the tune we're talking right now is so similar to the whole idea of cannabis that we're talking about as well, which is like, hey, cannabis can make your sex better, but it's not a just like, oh, smoke some weed and immediately you're going to be Superman, right? Or Superwoman, right? And it's the same thing with every, you know, thing we've talked about with cannabis, right? Like, yes, it can help with emotional states. It can help spiritually, but it's not just like a, oh, I interact with it. Now I get it, right? It still takes that masculine component of action of doing something with it to get the desired result, whatever that may be. You have to engage it. It's Mm -hmm. a tool. It's not a, it's not a, it's not Viagra. Like, you know, yeah. you're not going to smoke a joint and walk around with a a <laughs> Woody for 16 hours and, you know. That doesn't happen to you? Not <laughs> unless you got pot that I've never tried. No. Thank God. Yes. Because, you know, I got books to write and courses to build and kids to play with. It's like... I don't think that would go over well. Yeah. My, my kids would ask too many damn questions and the yeah. dog would be trying to bite the damn thing. <laughs> um, yeah, that's just how dogs are, right? Yes. But uh, what are... Uh, actually, you know, we've covered some of the challenges. I don't think we need to go through that. I'd love it if you could share an overview of your journey from consumer to grower to cannabis educator because you've made that you've gone through the cycle of using for various reasons to saying okay now i'm going to grow it and then Mm. mastering that and then you have grown into uh developing really high quality education Mm. and before you answer that what what is the purpose of your educational program Mm. yeah great question you know 
Because it's not I, just on how to grow it. No, no. It's 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 actually this level is much more uh, regarding how to connect with the plant, uh-huh. and therefore it's as within, so without, right? Yeah. So to the degree that people are looking for things externally with cannabis, like better spiritual connection, you know, more emotional awareness, better sex with their partner, right, is the degree to which they are yearning for that inside, right? And so very similar to your I we all principle, yeah. right? Like. The program is based on first taking your power back with cannabis, right? This goes into a lot of limiting beliefs and limiting stories around cannabis. Oh, cannabis made me feel this way. No, it didn't. You made you feel that way. Yeah. Cannabis didn't make you lazy. You were lazy already, and cannabis accentuated and mirrored that back to you, right? Yeah. So, you're, that's probably the reason you were using the cannabis. <laughs> exactly. So you had a reason to feel lazy. Oh, well, right. you know, I just don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. Well, of course you don't, right? So the first stage is all about taking your power back. And again, like we go through the science, we go through the ceremony, right? The direct experience application of the science. And then we go into actually how to instill this and integrate it into your already existing business or one that you're looking to create. Uh, Existing business as a grower or a A seller? A coach. A coach. A coach. Yeah. Coach, facilitator, or healer, right? So whether you're a Reiki healer, whether you're a life coach, whether you're a check trained practitioner, whether you're anyone who's looking to be of service to others, that really allows you to have more awareness around how to integrate this into your business and how to do this with other people and how to replicate it. And so really that's what the program is based on. It's based on taking your power back and then with that space that you've gained by taking your power back, unlocking your creative potential. And once that's done and you have access to your inner creativity, you then are able to become unstoppable. Mm -hmm. And the whole way the program is made is that cannabis is a message but when you get the message, hang up the phone, as yeah. Terrence McKenna said, right? So we don't teach people to become dependent on cannabis doing these things for them. We teach how cannabis can help you become aware of these things. So then you can either not have to interact with cannabis after or understand the inner workings of how cannabis works within you. Mm-hmm. So you can use better discernment in deciding when you choose to engage with the plant. Do you get into anything about the differences between uh, flame smoke, vaporize, edible. Yes, methods uh, of ingestion. Yeah, because yeah. those all affect you differently. 100%. I mean, you know, smoking and vaping, you know, are probably the most common methods. And of course, aside from the classic, like, yes, when you're vaporizing, you're not combusting, but also you're able with a vaporizer to bring out certain constituents. So, say if you want only THC, right, and less of the other cannabinoids, you can go a little bit lower for temperature. If you want more of that full spectrum experience, you can go a little bit higher over temperature. But the thing that I find is the most valuable is talking about edibles because if anyone's been interacting with cannabis long enough, you have an edible story, right? Everyone's yeah. got a story, right? I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've right? got a couple. <laughs> yeah. And the reason that happens is because when you interact with THC through an edible method, your liver is going to convert that into 11-hydroxy-THC, which is 10 times more powerful than delta-9-THC. Wow. So even though you might be used to smoking, getting that Delta 9 in your system through an inhalation method or vaporizing, when you're eating it, this is one of the biggest challenges I saw at the dispensary. People would come in, yeah, I smoke every day, so give me a 100 milligram edible. I'm like, listen, I got to warn you, that might be really intense. I mean, I know for me, even at the height of when I was interacting with cannabis daily, a 20 milligram edible would rock me. Now, everyone's metabolism of this is different yeah. too. So it's a little bit of trial and error. But and that's the health the, of their liver. Exactly. And so that's one of the biggest things that we really are excited to teach in the program. Like these are things that you could find online, right? Like this, this scientific approach. 
But the ceremony and the application of how to bring it into business was nowhere out there. And so we wanted to give people the full shebang with science. So they had it all in one place because you'd have to go all over the internet to find these things. But then also like, hey, that's the quantitative methods. Now, how does it apply in a qualitative method, right? How do we apply these qualitative methods? And then how do we apply them into the real world? Yeah. Sounds like your program is similar to my friend Ian Morris. Did you you hear that podcast? Yes. The Music Healer? Yes. Because he has a program where he teaches, he's got about a hundred albums that he's made Mm. and he takes you through training on how to assess each individual's needs and then choose from this library of music, which one is going to get them the most therapeutic response based on what it is that they need. Is that along the lines? Absolutely. Yeah. And during our weekly calls, you know, what I find so interesting is that people will go through the ceremony module, they'll read the other modules, they'll come to that week's call and say, person A says something. And then person B is like, whoa, that just was either very similar to what I experienced, or that was the missing component of what I had yet to understand. And so everyone is sharing a common experience, even though they're individuals, when we come together as the we, we're having very similar experiences and we're able to build on each other's experiences. I learn things every time I get on a call, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I created the course. So it's it's yeah. very interesting, you know, how these things happen and you know how people, when they interact with it intentionally and we teach them how to do that and how to create a ceremony around cannabis, they get vastly different results than they were ever getting. I mean, yeah. week one is just about taking a dieta, right? And actually taking a period off from cannabis and then reintegrating with an intentional use. People were blown away week one. They're like, we already got our money's worth. I'm like, there's seven more weeks to go, guys. Like, we're just getting started. This is the foundation. And so yeah. it's so exciting to see people get those kind of results because, you know, really for me, I knew it worked, right? But again, as a a scientist, right? We want to apply these things and test in, until they don't work, right? Right. And so that's what I've been doing is making sure this works time after time after time. And it's been so fun to be able to create that type of container and get people those individual results they're looking for yeah. and be able to give them suggestions on like, hey, you're looking for this effect? Well, you might want to try an indica strain that down-regulates your system, right? Yeah. Or you're looking for energy and creativity? Great. You might want to try something high in pinene or limonene. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really exciting to be able to teach people that and then have it applied. So it sounds like there's a lot of of, a, of sort of a pharmacological orientation to it. Um, are there uh, is there training for other facets as well? Like um, maybe how would you approach it differently from a cancer patient to a person that's depressed to someone suffering mm-hmm. from anxiety? Yep. So there's you, you deal with some psychological aspects as well? Absolutely, yeah. The first two modules, uh, the science components of those, uh, it's the highly optimized cannabis week where we go over the endocannabinoid system, the CB1 and CB2 receptors and all of that. And then the second week, we go into the conversation with cannabis module. Mm-hmm. And then I talk about all the different constituents like CBD, like THC. And I link a lot of different studies to cancer patients, to uh, AIDS patients, to Crohn's disease, to all the different symptoms that someone might see out there. That way, if a practitioner or facilitator or coach is leaving our program and they work with someone who has cancer and they're interested in cannabis, they could say, hey, check out these studies right? Mm -hmm. And come to your own conclusion for yourself, right? Because again, we never want the same way that you teach, right? We don't want to teach people to say, do this. We want to teach people to allow their clients to question everything, right? And figure out if it's right for them because cannabis can be amazing, but it's not meant for everyone, right? No, no. 
And so that's, that's been one of the most fun aspects is allowing people to see how many different things it can help with and then be able to teach them the discernment methods to allow their clients to decide for themselves whether or not this plant is right for them. Yeah, so there's a lot of biochemical individuality that we mm. have to consider as well. Um, I remember my assistant for 11 years had the exact opposite effect. Mm. on If I smoked a pot that picked me up, it took her down. Mm. And what took her up put me down. Mm. Like when I grew that pot I was telling you about that was just rocket ship for me. It was like I was on speed. It made her sleepy. Mm. And I remember the first time I said to her, be careful with this stuff. It's very stimulating. And she came to me and she said, I am falling asleep at my desk. I can't believe this. you find this stimulating. Mm. I'm like, oh my God, that's taking you down? And I, it was shocking for me because that was the most intense sativa I'd ever smoked in my life, bar none. Yeah. My partner and I are, have that exact same thing. I mean, you know, Tahiti Lime will make me relaxed and get me in a creative mode. For her, it knocks her out, right? Like it just knocks her out cold. Jelly Sickle is something that revs me up and gets me really excited. It makes me really hungry, right? For her, it completely kills her appetite, right? It makes her a little energized, not crazy. She actually gets more energized off Stropicana, which puts me down, right? So it's so interesting, this individual, you know, uh, biochemistry along with these strains because, you know, really we all have different endocannabinoid systems, yes, right? We do, yeah. And we have different concentrations of CB1 and CB2 receptors. Yeah. And my best theory on it, I haven't tested this or had it, you know, uh, researched, of course, but my best theory is that people just have different amounts of CB1 receptors and CB2. And if they have higher amounts of CB1 receptors, they might have a lower tolerance, right? Because they have more that that cannabis is attaching to. Right. And if they have higher amounts of CB2 receptors, they might be able to have uh, better immune modulation and better pain relief, right? Because those are the receptor sites that are associated with those functions, aspects. Yeah. yeah. Those functions. Yeah. I was just, because, you know, I didn't really realize until you got here today to talk to me mm. that you had developed this course. I've mm. been, as you know, I've been so busy writing my book. Yeah. I was just excited to talk about your amazing pot, and, you know, <laughs> because you, you're, you know, you're a grower and I've worked with you and I've been, you know, testing it as you've grown it mm. over the last year or so. And it's just gotten, you know, I, I didn't think it could get better on day <laughs> one, but it certainly has. Yes. Um, I really noticed the change when you started using biogeometry. Yeah. It was just, it was it was like what I call good California pot at that point. A hundred percent. It's got that vacation vibration uploaded into it. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's, but because it's got BG3 in it, it's, it's centering energy. So it has a very beautiful, um, boy, it's hard to put it into words, but it's um, stabilizing. It's balancing. Yeah, balancing. Right? Yeah. yeah, stabilizing. You know, you. it's nourishing. It's You're like, wow, this is very different than anything else that I've ever taken in because it has that um, blissful. I mean, uh, uh, the functional antagonist of that, the opposite would be to get pot grown under grow lights without biogeometry. And then you, if you're sensitive like I am, you feel like you're just a, a lab rat in an experiment and your body's just buzzing like an electric light. I bet you feel it in your neck a lot when that happens, right? Well, yeah, I do. I feel yeah. it. I feel it in my whole body. But I found the biogeometry is, is sort of a because you're bringing in molecules of the plant that are harmonized to that frequency because they were grown in that frequency. Mm. It's almost like you're smoking 
biogeometry. 100%. You know, you're, you're bringing the technology inside your body. So mm. it just if, diffuses energetically right through you, which is really a peaceful experience. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's completely changed the way I grow, right? Because I had already been doing biodynamic Korean natural farming, which is another rabbit hole we can get down, but I'd already been doing all the things, right? But, you know, really aside from me doing my own work on myself to bring a better energy to the cultivation, you know, biogeometry I found was almost like a, um, a fizzy reducer, if you will, right? If when I walked into the room and I could feel this fizziness, and I've done this with many clients who I help consult for their grows, you know, it's one of the best ways to increase yield, to increase quote unquote potency, right? Not necessarily THC levels, but the overall feeling and entity and consciousness that is cannabis. Yeah. You know, it's really like uh, allowing for a buffet, if you will, uh, for cannabis to pick what she wants out of the mm. equation, right? Yeah. And, and I imagine that it speeds up a lot of the processes of degradation of soil materials and things like that that play into the whole regenerative agriculture practice that I do with cultivation. Yeah. I don't know that for sure, but that's a theory I have is that it's actually speeding up uh, the the process of the worms breaking down everything, the process of the worms you know, casting and making aeration channels in the soil, yeah. the microbes. I mean, I really feel like it put everything to 11. I think it, I think because your water is treated with biogeometry mm. as well, I think it enhances chemical exchange at every level, whether it be nutrient exchange or detoxification. Um, I water my houseplants, which, cause I have such personal relationships with them mm. with my biogeometry, you know, I have my water charger, but once I bring it in the house and it gets exposed to the biogeometry, it shifts it. I can tell the difference because mm. I've used water i you know I, I created a little concept of a water charger many years ago <laughs> so i have a lot of experience with the effects and how the moon affects the water at different stages but once the water comes in the house you don't feel the moon so much you feel the biogeometry more mm. but one of the things i noticed is it made the leaves of my plants greener have mm -hmm. you seen anything like that? Yes, and bigger too. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking some leaves. I mean, they're 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 Franken leaves, really. I mean, yeah. I've never seen anything like it unless you go up to Humboldt County and you see what they do outdoor, right? Yeah. But I mean, you know, being able to do this, you know, in an indoor environment, right? Like yeah. for most people listening, you know, they're most likely not going to have a gigantic hundred acre farm. No. But one of the things that I really enjoy doing, and what the second level of this course is really focusing on. Is growing your own, right? Oh, you, so there is the growth factor. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. The second level that's coming out is called Grow with Cannabis. Yeah. And it's literally all about how to cultivate a sacred relationship through the cultivation of the cannabis plant, right? Yeah. Because, you know, there's the same way that the Yaque Indians used to grow all their own medicine, yeah. right? Like that's one of the biggest disconnects I see with this quote unquote epidemic of loneliness that loneliness is the result of a problem that's an inability to connect deeply to yourself yeah. those around you and the world at large right yes and so one component of that is that most people are not growing their own food they have no connection to the land they have no connection to the cannabis they're using yeah and so it leads to a lot of challenges and so i like to control out delete yeah. and what this course is is like hey i'll teach you how to do this right it's legal in most states now to grow a couple plants teach you to do this in a closet where you can grow sacred medicine for yourself, balance it out with biogeometry and get the best bang for your buck, be able to save money, be able to have a deeper relationship and be able to have a fun practice too. It's fun to cultivate. Oh, it, you know, not only that, you develop a real relationship with the plants. Absolutely. I mean, that's why I love my plants in the house. 
um, when I grew my pot plants, I used to love to go water them and talk to them and, and have a relationship with them. And I think, you know, the other thing is, is it teaches a lot of people have forgotten how to love. Their lives have been so stressful and so rushed. You know, I tell people, people say, well, how do I learn to love again? And I say, look, start with something safe like a plant or a, a tree or a cat or a dog. Because those are way less complicated relationships than human relationships. You know, it takes quite a bit of uh, time to mature and to how to manage yourself in relationships with humans and know how to navigate them so you don't get hurt unnecessarily. Mm. You know, I'm 60 years old. So when I look back on my life, you know, you're 30, I'm 60. So when I look at my relationship skills as a 30 year old, it's, I, I look at back and go, how did I even make it here? <laughs> you know, I was a kickboxer and a, you know, a badass everything and everything was just full on. I was always like, go, 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 go. Mm. And, but now I, 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 I've learned so much that I can sense when enough is enough or when there's no point in trying to make sure that you're right because you end up losing more than you gain. But, the point I'm making is is that humans are complex relationships. They're often not the best place to learn to love other than loving yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's even complicated for people, especially with a lot <laughs> yes. of religious baggage. But your plants and your trees and your pets are great. So the point being is if you grow your own pot, you can really have a deep, loving friendship relationship connection and you get to bring it into your body and feel the benefits of your own love coming home and i think it's just a great concept for people to really explore because you know just to back this up right here in my library i've got books with studies uh in farming after the first and second world war Mm. And they found that when the men had to go away to fight in battles and the women took over the farming, the crop yields went through the roof. And they found because of the feminine interaction with the women, the plants were much more responsive and they got much higher yields across the board. So the the reality of it is, is that the plants are sensitive to nurture. And when we give nurture and then we bring that into our bodies, we are the, the cycle completes itself. So, yes. the, the, you know, I always tell people love is a boomerang. What you put out comes back. And I think from a relationship perspective, you can actually really have that um, experience of that return. You know, people that have gardens get it because they eat their food. But people that have gardens that are unconscious, they might as well just eating <laughs> eating food from the store. It's just, a, a, it's just a, a carrot or a cucumber or whatever it is. But when you really have a meditation practice, a spiritual practice, or you smoke some good pot and then mm. eat the food and you can feel the vibration of the food, you can even feel the spirit of the food, then you get the experience quite well. Hi, everybody. I've looked into magnesium supplements in my many years as a therapist and found, unfortunately, most of them are junk until the day Wade Lightheart handed me his magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizer's which is a very, very specialized product that they did a lot of research on. Wade, I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit about what makes Magnesium Breakthrough so unique and so potent. Well, number one is that we realized that 
different types of magnesium are absorbed by different parts of the body. So we tested virtually every magnesium product there was on the market, and it came down to seven different ones that produced the best aspects or best effects over the broadest amount of people. We combine them without any weird excipients or, you know, some of the chemical agents that other companies use. We don't use any of that stuff. And we combined it with humic and fulvic acid as well as B6 to make sure that it's absorbed and utilized by the body. That's excellent. I really love it because one of the things I love about all your products is I can actually turn people onto them. They buy them. And I've never had a single person say to me, those products don't work. Everybody that I know has continued to buy Bioptimizer's products to enhance their life. Where can people get it and what's their discount? Just go to www.magbreakthrough.com slash living40 and put in your coupon code Paul10 and you get a 10% discount. And of course, everything has a 100% money back guarantee. You can't get better than that. Enjoy. We've talked about a lot. And because we still have a, a number of things to talk about, give us a, a bit of an overview of how you got into all this. Because mm. normally I start with that, but we, there was a couple of things I wanted to make sure we covered, knowing that I often don't get through my outlines. <laughs> Sometimes I have 20 questions and get to number two uh, because we get into all sorts of neat things, which oh, is yeah. fun. That's what that's what I call a dialogue. That's yes. what a dialogue is. But give us give us a little overview of your journey into all this, because having some inside knowledge of your story, it's quite interesting. And I'd love you to take us down that journey. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So my journey into cannabis started when I was 16 and I started experiencing what I would now call generalized anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, you know, doctors were recommending pharmaceuticals. My parents didn't really know what to do. And so I started trying these pharmaceuticals and I found that they were horrible. Uh, they were yeah. making me feel like a fraction of my former self. And it almost felt like it was giving me a lobotomy, right? Yeah. Where, yeah, I wasn't anxious, but I wasn't alive either. No, right? I've heard that a thousand <laughs> times. Yeah. And so, you know, from there at the same time, my friends were drinking. Like you said, drinking just never worked for me. Thank goodness. Yeah. And so, you know, I started experimenting with cannabis and I found that I really enjoyed the effects. I didn't know what I naturally or uh, necessarily enjoyed with it, but I knew that I enjoyed it, right? And so around that same time, I had my first mortality crisis, mm. right? You know, when you're 18, you think you're going to live forever. And one day I went to the bathroom and peed blood and wow. was like, oh, yikes. And at this point, I wasn't the healthiest person. Like, you know, I was still eating junk food, uh, not drinking water, drinking soda, all these things, right? So on the way to the hospital, my dad, who... He wasn't against cannabis. But he wasn't for it either. He was kind of just like, eh, just say no, you know, the Nancy Reagan approach. <laughs> and so, uh, just say to know anything that might make you feel better. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, we're driving to the hospital and he's like, listen, I got to know, are you doing drugs? And I was like, no, but I'm interacting with a lot of cannabis. I said it differently. I'm smoking a shit ton of pot. Right. Well, and so I saw him go like that. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Right. And so he was like, okay, cool. We can work with that. So when we get to the hospital, I started showing him a lot of the uh, educational things I'd been learning, like the Dr. William Courtney um, documentary called Leaf about giving his patient THCA, uh -huh. basically raw leaves, and it putting all of your autoimmune disorders into remission. Whoa, things, wow, that's yeah, cool. I didn't an, know about that. It's an amazing documentary. She actually ended up becoming his wife after. What's uh, the name of it? Uh, it's called Leaf. Leaf. Just yep. Oh, I think I have seen it, but it's been a long time. It's an older one, isn't it? 2011. Yep. Okay. I believe yeah. it came out. I and did see it. 
Yeah, it's a short film too. And for anyone listening, check it out. It's amazing. And it gives a lot of the scientific, you know, components of how cannabis helps in the human body, but in the human experience. But, you know, my dad watched these videos with me. I'm laying in the hospital bed thinking I'm dying, right? And he's watching everything and he had no cognitive dissonance over it. He was like, wow, I guess I was wrong. And he's like, hey, you're getting A's in school. You're showing up how you need to. You're fulfilling your responsibilities. Like you're an adult. If this is working for you, I don't want you on pharmaceuticals. So this is perfect, right? So from that point on, it became a co-creative relationship between him and I. Good. And so around the same time, this was about three, four years, at, about three years after the recession, right? That you talked about in 2008. Yeah. And so my dad's business had plundered. I mean, it just got destroyed and he was feeling a lot of stress. And so I was like, dad, you need a good hobby, right? And at this time I was starting to look into cultivating medical had passed. This is now 2012 and I was able to grow right legally. And so had my medical card and I finally convinced him to get us a kit, right? And at this time he'd spend three grand on a $500 kit today, right? Yeah. With the grow light and everything. So we started cultivating and we sucked at it. Like it was, <laughs> it was terrible, right? Nothing that I would ever smoke. And so, uh, around the same time I went to the Boston freedom rally, which is like a big, you know, public disobedience, uh, uh, you know, example basically where people get out under the green of the commons and they interact with cannabis. The cops are there. And as long as you're not doing anything crazy, they don't bother you. And so I forgot my sunglasses that day and I'm kind of walking around. I got blue eyes. I can barely see anything. And I hear this guy yelling, who wants to make butter with me? I'm like, well, I imagine he's talking about cannabis butter. I like cannabis butter. So I go over, I grab the pamphlet and it's New England Grasser Institute, right? Oh. And and they're releasing this basic eight-week semester on everything to do with cannabis. Mm. And I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. So I go home, I tell my dad I'm a broke college student at the time. And he's like, do you want to do this? I'm like, yeah. And he didn't really have the money for it either, but he was like, I want to do this with you. And so he signed me up for the school. And I made sure that I was the first one in, last one out every single time I was teacher's pet because I really, really started feeling intuitively. I wouldn't say it at that time, but feeling intuitively, this is right for me. And at this time, I was going to school for psychology, realized I don't want to wear khakis every day in an office building, right? So yeah. I was like, that's not going to work. And so him and I started, uh, you know, becoming educated on cannabis. And I went down the rabbit hole. Mm. Like I got into everything with organic regenerative agriculture, um, you know, Korean natural farming, everything. And so we continued cultivating. And in 2014, I went to a music festival, interacted with my first other plant medicine, MDMA, oh, yeah. and uh, and felt this certain feeling when I was there that I couldn't put my feeling on, my my finger on. And when I got home, uh, it was I knew it was around my father. I didn't know what it was though. Uh -huh. And so when I got home, nine days later, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh, wow. yeah. And so through that time of being at the Grassroot Institute, I had seen patients that had cancer come in, have their scans of tumors, stage three, stage four, many different types, and then change their lifestyle right? Start eating better, start drinking more water, start meditating, and also start interacting with a version of cannabis called full extract cannabis oil, right? which was killing their cancer cells. Yeah, And this was completely, I mean, this is really when I started to really go down the rabbit hole. Cause I was like, how much do we no, don't, how much do we not know about this medicine? And so long story short, I ended up having the opportunity to help my dad through end of life with the medicine that we cultivated. So he passed away. Yeah. 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 Sorry and to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had, I, I was able to take the medicine that we cultivated together and turn it into FICO, full extract cannabis oil, and help him through end of life. He was supposed to have two and a half months to live by the time they figured this out, that he was experiencing cancer. It was small cell, very fast. And so 
He ended up lasting 11 and a half months total, did not choose to do chemo or radiation because he didn't want to change his lifestyle. He's like, listen, Ray, I want to drink Coca-Cola. I want to eat subs, right? And I was like, I'm going to love you for who you are, right? And so I had that opportunity to, you know, help him through that stage. And so from there, my my relationship with the plant deepened a lot, right? Because it came very personal. And so from there, a few years later, I get into the professional industry up in Boston. Mm -hmm. The dispensaries were open then. Uh, we were the seventh dispensary open in the whole state. And this was on the East Coast. I mean, we were the first state to do it. So it was very revolutionary. Had a great time there. And then at a certain point, we got bought out by a corporate you know, entity. And uh, it started smelling like office supplies in there real fast, right? It was uh-huh. kind of like, it smells like reams of paper in here. I got to get out of here. Had a mini dark night of the soul. Like, I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life in this industry. What, what am I going to do now? And then it was actually through uh, another MDMA ceremony that I realized that I was abusing cannabis. Uh And this was huge to me because, again, I was checking off all the boxes. I was only using it once a day, all these things. And so through that experience, I took a long break from cannabis, began Highly Optimized, which is my company now, started the podcast, had no idea what I was going to do, and then began getting certified as a coach and all these different things. And then really that brings us up to the modern day where now I have this program, Connect With Cannabis, that because I've traversed these things, because I've seen the powers of the plant, and I've also gone through all the challenges that people are going through with anxiety, dependency, depression, this unawareness, right? Like the lack of awareness around these things. Because at the end of the day, what I made Connect With Cannabis to be is the long lost user manual for cannabis. Yeah, it's important. It's huge. Because like, you know, like I mentioned to you in the beginning, cannabis is a double-edged sword but all everything is absolutely sex is money is alcohol is food is relationships are power fame (laughs) success uh, you know god yes it's because it's all dealt with by mind yes and mind is a duality until Mm -hmm. you learn how to transcend the duality but to to relate to the world you have to learn to master the polarity of duality or complementary opposition. And I think that most people are in our culture are in a this for that orientation. If I have this wrong, I can do that. Mm. But they don't realize that if you're only doing that, but you're not doing the other things like looking at why you're in the situation you're in or what's making you sad or what are the challenges in your relationship, then you can, Use anything from gambling to sex to all these things we've been talking about as exercise, as as a vehicle of subversion, of of distraction. Escapism. Escapism or numbing Mm -hmm. or, you know, if you don't address the real issue at the unconscious level, it just percolates out of whatever other uh, vehicle or valve or or passageway or orifice or chakra it can find its way out of. Mm So you see people quit drinking, but they become workaholics mm-hmm. or they quit smoking pot, but then they become exerciseaholics. Mm-hmm. So I, I think a course that really helps people understand the intimate nature of how to apply cannabis technology with awareness of what's going on in your life or your client's life or how to look at that person's profile and with your degree in psychology, that gives you a lot of training in how to look at the psyche, the soul of the individual, you know, that's what psychology is. Unfortunately, most of it's not really very soul oriented, it's <laughs> yes. behavioral modification, which, yes. which is just 
you know, the same shit. Don't do this, <laughs> do that. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting too because, you know, what I found in working with over 9,000 patients, you know, face-to-face in the industry is that, you know, from the little old lady to the librarian to the doctor to the lawyer to the average person, everyone is interacting with cannabis, every type of person, right? But yet all of them, no matter how uneducated or educated they are, lack the awareness on many of the things we've talked about today. And then therefore it leads into, you know, their cannabis relationship, right? I mean, yeah. how you do anything is how you do everything, That's right? That's true, yes. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, what I found is that, you know, these people, in most cases, they they have the best of quote-unquote intentions, even though most cases they're not making an intention, but they they want something better, right? They're curious, right? But they have no guidance. And, you know, one of the things that you supply the world, right, is that we have many elders, but not too many wise elders anymore. Yeah. And so really what we've lost in that is the ability for people like you or people like me or whoever to be able to help people with things like cannabis and go, hey, yeah, it's not bad or good. It's a tool, right? Yeah. But if you're trying to drive a screwdriver in with a hammer, it might not be the right tool, right? No, yeah. So have the awareness of when to choose this medicine, what it can do for you, but also understand the challenges that come along with it, right? Understand the fact that how you use it makes it what it is, right? It's big. One of my favorite sayings is a Quaker saying from the Quaker branch of Christianity, and they say, pray and move your feet. Mm. Don't just ask God to do it all for you. Do your part. And I think that you could say, Use cannabis, but move your feet. Yes. You know, you got to do, like, I only smoke cannabis in in specific situations. I'm not much into the edibles because I don't have time for long, drawn out journeys. (laughs) Um, But if I'm painting, which is almost always on the weekend, if I, when I have time to paint, but right now with my writing, I don't have time. So my art is being put out in the book. Hmm. And, but the point is, is that, I use cannabis largely at night to celebrate a day of being productive and contributing to the Mm. world and my family and and doing something that's meaningful to me. But if I started my day with cannabis, I I would not be in the right frame of mind to have the focus to do the research, to do all the filtration, to tie all the seemingly disconnected parts together into a meaningful whole to listen to people to be present with them um the other time i really love cannabis two other times is if i am going to go in the gym you know i've been exercising with lifting weights since i was 12 so i can do it as a meditation i can do one rms and still be meditating but uh like that stuff you gave me recently what was the name of the one that i got from me recently jelly sickle yeah. yeah i i went in the gym you know you, sometimes because i'm writing right now i i'm i start early in the morning i don't get to the gym sometimes till four thirty, five o'clock at night because it's about the only time i can fit it in i don't like to stop my writing when i'm in flow mm. so i'm often very tired by the time i go in there but I thought, oh, I got to try Ryan's, you know, pick me up here. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, man, I was like in there, like feeling like it was 1030 in the morning and I yes. was just kicking some ass in there. And I'm like, yes, this is good shit. <laughs> this is, this is my new evening buddy. Yes. <laughs> and then I, I like to sit and I usually watch Gaia TV at night after the kids have their baths and, and they're kind of on their way down. 
I love to study the wise ones out mm. there, Greg Braden, Bruce Lipton, and um, many, many others. Um, there's so much great stuff on Gaia. I love Gaia. It's yeah. my new obsession. Yeah. You know, I've got thousands of hours on Gaia <laughs> because it's just how I end my day. Yeah. And so I like to smoke some of your nice indica and, and just let my body wind down and kind of relax. I find for things like passive learning, like watching a documentary or a, a, an online workshop or something where I'm not really so worried about, I don't have to pass any grades or anything. Yeah. It's more like just a, being like a sponge and absorbing. I find it just a great way to celebrate a day of, of hard work. And I think that's where people get themselves in trouble is they use the cannabis before they've contributed to their lives or done anything meaningful. Yes. And so, um, you know, that's putting the cart in front of the horse really in my philosophy. 100%, you know, and it goes perfectly into the whole idea that I talk about with cannabis being feminine, right? And the idea that, you know, feminine energy is amazing, right? It's incredible. And yeah, this, trust me. Yeah, right? Trust us. We know. Uh, yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, one of the things is that feminine energy helps you be content, right? It helps you be present and not really need anything, right? You're kind of good where you're at. Mm -hmm. And so if you interact with cannabis, and we talk about this in the program, right? It's not that you can't interact with cannabis in the morning, but you better be sure to know how to put yourself into action if you're going to do that, because otherwise yeah. you're going to end up hanging on the couch all day, right? If I was working <laughs> in a garden, yeah. like if I was a gardener, I would probably really enjoy smoking pot and going to work. Yeah. But then I'd have to be worried about clogging my system up, you know? <laughs> yeah. But but I like to use it to learn from the plant. Mm. That's, you know, like when I'm, uh, you know, doing meditations or like I do a lot of astral travel or remote viewing, I find that the cannabis can be very supportive, that you get the right strain and it mm. can really be supportive. But the point I'm making is, is that I say, okay, wow, you know, I, I learned that I can go into this dimension then I say, okay, now let me do it without the pot mm -hmm. because I don't want to become chained to anything. And I, th I think, you know, if we look at plant medicines as teachers, they are very, very powerful teachers. But, you know, a, a good analogy is if you're, if you're a, a six-year-old and, and mommy's trying to teach you how to tie a shoe, you don't want to end up being 26 still asking your mom how to tie a shoe. Yes, exactly. Meaning, you know, if you don't learn from the plants, then you start abusing the plants. It goes from a medicine to a substance, yeah. right? That's a big shift there, right? Yeah. Like it, it's not simply a medicine. It's not simply a substance. It's the human interaction that makes it so, yes. right? That's one of the things that I, you know, really, you know, harp on people about, you know, when I'm talking to people about cannabis, because people will either be like, oh, you know, you're going to become addicted to that. And it's like, listen, you know, that's the person doing that. The plant doesn't coax you in, even though all the propaganda will tell you it does, right? With reefer madness, you know, it's how you use it and connect with it that makes it what it ultimately ends up being, right? Yeah. And most people don't want to take that kind of personal responsibility in their lives. I mean, look at what's happening in the world right now, right? There's a lot of examples of people expecting someone else to help them feel safe, someone else expecting, or someone expecting someone else to help them be healthy, right? And it's that same pattern yeah. that people are falling into with cannabis. Oh, cannabis will help me feel better. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe, right? But not always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing is, those the concept of something helping you feel better is you're reaching from outside to try to address a problem that lives and is created on the inside. Mm. 
you understand my point. Like if you're in a state of depression because your relationship's breaking down and the cannabis makes you feel happy, well, that may be just the worst thing for you because now you're not doing what the alchemists call sitting in the fire and saying, okay, what is it about this relationship that's not working? Mm-hmm. And how do I heal it? Now, I would say if, if, if you want to use it productively, then go get your partner, smoke some cannabis together, get into a positive state, practice creating some love and warmth and connection together, and then let the plant medicine guide you into working on the relationship while you're in a positive state. Yes. That, that's an effective use of it. But if you don't actually look at the etiology or the cause of what's causing you this unrest and now you're just practicing allopathic medicine with plants is all you're doing you're just you're just you know like the old saying there's no such thing as a headache that's an aspirin deficiency and there's (laughs) no such thing as a problem in your life it's a pot deficiency yes except getting to the point where you're dependent upon it you know I, i describe an addiction as any repeated behavior that does not produce the results you want mm and if 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 we're doing a repeated behavior it's not producing the results we want well the first thing you should do is stop repeating the behavior <laughs> yes you know get off the hamster wheel <laughs> yeah otherwise otherwise you're in an unconscious state and it usually indicates that there's many other areas in your life where you're doing the same type of behavior and that's when the pain teacher shows up to accelerate consciousness mm-hmm. and so uh, just because we're running short on time what are some of the different types of people's situations that you've helped people with using your approach to cannabis and what you teach in your program? Yeah. Well, we've already talked about, you know, cannabis and sex, right? And cannabis we've talked and about sexual cancer. health. Yeah. Cancer, Crohn's disease, um, you know, mental challenges like anxiety, depression, uh, patterns of dependency on cannabis, but also other things too, yeah. like coffee, like things like that. Yes, it's very helpful. It's for, huge. For for a lot of these types of addictions, like coffee as well. Um, also uh, global inflammation or any kind of an inflammatory syndrome. Absolutely. And then also, you know, one of the biggest uh, places that I teach people how to use cannabis and help them is in their relationships, right? Yeah. Because to the degree that your relationship with cannabis is challenged for any reason is just another sign of the degree to which your other relationships are falling into the same issues, right? Yeah. And this is one that rocks men a lot, right? But, you know, I tell them a lot, to the degree that you're overusing cannabis is the degree to which you are probably taking advantage of the feminine components of your life, right? The feminine energy in your life, aka your partner, your mother, whoever in your life, right? And relying on them too much so it's like for me you know one of the best things that cannabis can do for a couple is allow them to get out of the level of thinking that created the problem quote-unquote problem get into their body and then explore their triggers right like that's one of the biggest things that the program focuses on right is relationships in general but also the relationship with yourself right understanding yourself right to a higher level uh, pardon the pun. And then also with those people in your life, right? And how those people are mirroring things inside of you, right? Because a relationship, I don't know if it was you that said this, but a relationship is an unspoken agreement to project on one another with the intention of healing, right? I don't know if it was you that said that. I didn't but, say that, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, so once we get triggered, right, we're already, we're, we're not going to be, we have to separate like alchemy, right? Before yeah. we can come back together. But projection is an unconscious process. Most people don't realize that. Yeah. So, you know, if you say to someone, stop projecting, unless you specifically help them identify what they're projecting, that's like um, saying, 
stop looking at the inside of your mouth when you can't see the inside of your mouth and yes. unless you're standing in front of a mirror and then you're <laughs> consciously looking yes. and now it's not unconscious anymore you go oh my god i got cavities in there absolutely so the the point i'm making is is that um it's only through paying attention to the beliefs we have that are driving the choices we're making that produces the actions or the responses in relationship to self, other, or persons, places, and things mm. that we actually can start to see what it is that we're projecting. Like, here's an example of projecting, thinking that um, taking a certain medicine is going to get rid of your risks of getting some virus or bug that nobody's ever isolated scientifically. So that's a projection, mm -hmm. right? And that's just doing what everybody else is doing, which is why one famous scientist said, whatever direction the herd is going, I always recommend you go in the opposite direction mm -hmm. because those people are moving unconsciously, herd consciousness. Yes. And inevitably, you see the herd moving in a direction of the bait, uh, you know? Yeah. It's uh, no fish wants to bite the lure, but once it's bitten, it's a problem. Yes. <laughs> so you're hooked. And uh, sometimes getting off is tough. Yeah. Especially when someone's pulling on the line mm -hmm. you know, and threatening you and all sorts of stuff. But yeah, but the point being is, is that cannabis can really give you a great tool for looking at your shadow because it accelerates depending on what strain you smoke, but if you get a, a good sativa, for example, and you have a lot of negative thinking, or like we said earlier, stinking thinking, mm. it'll bring it right up to the top of the conscious mind. And you, oh, yeah. you instead of blaming it on the pot, like if, if, if you're smoking or using really high quality marijuana, you can pretty much rest assured the plant's just doing you a favor. Absolutely. It's, it's showing you the inside of your mouth. Absolutely. But this time <laughs> it goes right through into your mind. Yes. And you could say, oh, look, look at this habit I have, this habit I think I'm going to die, or I think I'm going to be broke all the time, or I think nobody loves me, or mm -hmm. it's always somebody else's fault in whenever something goes wrong in my life, or, mm -hmm. you know, and a long list of stuff like that. So I think that that uh, because cannabis is such a safe psychedelic, it's a very good entryway into the powers of mental emotional healing mm. because it's, you know, not many people are going to like freak out or, you know, <laughs> it's not like doing LSD or, yeah. or, you know, something where you're probably should be laying on the floor with a skilled guide, you mm. know, or, or a bunch of mushrooms or something. It's 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 kind of a nice tickle. Although, as you know, if you get a strong enough marijuana <laughs> and someone's not used to it, it can be like LSD for some people. I've I've seen people take one hit of marijuana and just lay on the floor for hours and just go into a catharsis. And I look at that and go, looks like you're overdue for some inner work. Yeah, we call that going from an experience to an ordeal, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's like, that's what I really wanted to focus on in the, in the program, right? We go into how to be a better communicator. We go into how to create a ceremony out of cannabis and therefore your whole entire life, right? Yeah. Because the whole program's like ethos is how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. So we go into flipping the script, right? Which is flipping the script of limiting beliefs, limiting stories. We go into how to combine cannabis and music mm. to be able to evoke emotional states and purge mm. what might be laying within. Yes. We teach you how to relax like a pro. We teach you how to host a can jam, right? How to create a 
social circle. What's a can jam? So we named that after one of our favorite games to play, can jam. And so we name it with a C instead. It's like cannabis jam. Uh-huh. And so it's basically like, you know, for anyone listening and for you, I imagine too, we we have been in these social situations with cannabis. And all too often what can happen is we ingest cannabis and then everyone's on their phone. And it just yeah. and everyone's separate, right? They're more mm-hmm. disconnected than before they interact with the medicine. Uh-huh. So you, having gone through the program, now sees this and is able to have all the right things on hand to create a very big connection environment, right? Mm-hmm. Because like I said, we have a lack of connection epidemic in yeah. society. And so we go into all these different ways that you can interact with cannabis and apply it to your own life and then your clients' lives as well, right? And you know, really what I'm looking to do with this program is create a community and a movement that can role model what conscious, intentional cannabis use looks like mm-hmm. in the 21st century because yeah. it's all but been lost unless you go to the Amazon and you find certain tribes that understand these things. But, yeah. you know, it's been lost, right? And cannabis, like we were talking about before, is a $98.6 billion industry. And that's before federal legalization. That hasn't happened yet, right? Yeah. So the amount of people that are out there interacting with the plant Mm-hmm. and have no guidance is exorbitant, right? And so we need a, a movement of people out there, practitioners and coaches and facilitators and healers that can speak to these things and help people through their experiences with the people psychedelic, the one that they can do in the comfort of the living room, the one they can you know, not get arrested for having on them in most places now, mm-hmm. the one that doesn't take a trip to the jungle and a week off of you know, your work and everything. Yeah. I mean, you can. those things are amazing, right? Like those, well, those medicines are, are great. What but, you're describing though is a very good set of training wheels to get a person ready for a, a yes a, a deeper more comprehensive you know head opening soul searching meet god experience exactly because if you know i'm a firm believer that if you're looking to interact with plant medicines and you're not you don't have some type of spiritual practice you're not healthy already i'm not going to say you shouldn't do it because i don't like to shit all over anyone but yeah. at the same time i'm going to say that the chances of you having a challenging experience go up exorbitantly yeah. right because you have a lack of awareness, right? You don't know what you're going to get into. And you no. never really know, but at least when you have awareness, you know like, okay, whatever happens, it's happening for me, not to me. Yeah. It's a big difference. Yeah, it is. Did you know that symbiotica means harmony? And you're really likely to enjoy my podcast with Sherveen Jaffaria, the founder of Symbiotica. Symbiotic is an amazing company that makes excellent products to aid healing, enhance longevity, and improve performance at all levels of your being, from your spiritual practices to your athletic endeavors. I highly recommend you go to Symbiotica.com and check out their top-notch organically sourced products that include excellent tasting supplements like their Synergy Vitamin B12, which elevates energy naturally, to their Shilaj Minerals, which help you better regulate your hormonal system. Their biocharge activated coconut charcoal is an excellent detox support and removes toxins and poisons from the body quickly and non-invasively. Their organic longevity formula is one of my friends and students' favorites. They rave about it. I really enjoy their Regenesis liposomal glutathione for its amazing antioxidant powers, which is really helpful for anyone that enjoys vaporizing tobacco and herbs like I do. They also have great immune support products, water filtration options for drinking and showering, and some cool clothing and more. When you go to C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com and use your Living 4D discount code, which is capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 15 on checkout, you get 15% off anything they sell and you won't be disappointed. Enjoy Symbiotica. Well... We've covered a lot. The one thing I wanted to say is 
one of the things that in my life I've found to be a great supplement to marijuana is organic tobacco. Mm. Because, for example, like if I paint without tobacco, I find myself just dreaming and, and, <laughs> and I have a lot of great ideas, but all of a sudden my painting turns out to be like something completely <laughs> other than I intended. But because tobacco has a linearizing effect on the mind, like coffee does, I find each person can figure out what the right ratio is. But for me, I like to go about 50% tobacco, 40% herbs for flavor, and, and you know, whether it be mint or um, mugwort or mullen. mullen or sage or lotus leaf or you know um yerba santa or any of the number of different you know i've got like you've seen my collection yeah, in there i got a amazing. whole <laughs> alchemist kit in there but then i usually just use a little bit i would imagine that when i vaporize a bag i'm using about one tenth of what you would roll a joint with mm -hmm. um so it's just enough to give me the experience i want of course you can put more if you want but um, I find then that I have my head in the clouds and my feet in the earth. Mm. And that way I get to go out and get the benefits of the vision and the inspiration to paint, but I don't find myself uh, like someone uh, you know, surfing channels on a television where you see 50 movies and don't know anything about any of them. I've, I find I can channel my painting much better with the tobacco. Well, you're informed, not smothered, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, the tobacco's got a lot of healing properties itself. Mm. And I, I actually have a really, I think, you know, we have personalities. I'm a tobacco personality. I enjoy tobacco. I'm, I'm not sure. a marijuana personality. I love it. Mm. And I use it, as I've described. But if you said, okay, you got a choice for the rest of your life, you get pot or tobacco, I would take the tobacco because I can... I find tobacco really helps me work. Mm -hmm. It helps me get things done, where pot helps me celebrate having gotten something done. Masculine versus feminine, right? Tobacco yeah. is more masculine, is. cannabis being more feminine. Yeah. And, you know, my friend Angelo says something great, you know, which is for men, feminine energy is a pit stop, not a rest stop, right? Yeah. And, you know, I thought that was so profound because for me, like, I love feminine energy. But, you know, after the weekend where I really, if I relax the right way, I'm like rearing to go on Monday. I couldn't mm -hmm. take another day if I wanted to, yes, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's, I'm just so ready to put myself into action. Mm -hmm. And I find that, you know, with people that are asking about tobacco, this is how I say it. I go, hey, they both have their uses, right? And so it's really like, what type of experience are you looking for? Are you connecting with your partner and, you know, you don't have to be on a computer or whatever? Hey, maybe go full cannabis. Are you looking to be, you know, informed, not smothered to do something creative? Well, then maybe you're going 1090, right? 10% mm -hmm. cannabis, 90 percent tobacco with other herbs and things like that if on the other hand you're looking for like hey, i'm at a party and i don't mind my consciousness drifting away a little bit but i still want to make sure my feet are on the ground mm. maybe a 50 50 yeah. right mm -hmm. so that's the kind of way i talk about it with tobacco but i love tobacco with cannabis and i think the europeans got it right in a lot of ways because 
it does allow you to have better hanging capability, right? Like if you're in a social situation and you're looking to interact with cannabis in a party atmosphere, mm -hmm. it allows you to still be able to be here now, mm -hmm. as Ram Das says, does, yeah. with still being able to have some fun and invoke that inner child to come out and all those yeah. things. You also get the emotional connection with the marijuana. 100%. And um, I think when you're in a social gathering, especially, you know, like my birthday party, there was 110 people here and mm. I knew every one of them usually very, very well. That's yeah. why they were here, right? I, I only invited people that I really wanted to celebrate with. But so if I was only using tobacco in a situation like that, it wouldn't open me to their feelings as much. Mm -hmm. So I think when you're with people you love being around, even if they're having challenges in their life and you want to be there to support them, mm. The marijuana lets you have a deeper sense of their inner world, so you have more empathy for them. You really can connect to their feelings, whereas the tobacco would would probably brighten me and help me think about solving their problem, which would be masculine, mm -hmm. but the connecting to the emotions and just being with them and giving them space to express themselves and allowing myself to go into the feeling of what they're experiencing would be the feminine Mm. Um, you know, nurturing component. It allows you to hold the space, yeah. right? Like yeah. it really accentuates your ability to hold space because I know you, you definitely know this, you know, being a coach in most cases, you know, when I go into things with a mind approach of like, oh, I know what's best for this person never works out great. Right. <laughs> but if I'm going into it with like the intention of I'm here to support you, right. Yeah. Then if that person says something and nothing comes through, I'm just holding space, right? Yeah. But if something gets downloaded directly into me, it might be the perfect one word to yeah. say that all of a sudden they're like, oh, that makes me think of this and boom. And now they're figuring their own yeah. thing out, right? Mm -hmm. You're just guiding the way, right? Yeah. And I think that's the difference between like, you know, when I look at therapy and coaching, for instance, but also like when I look at tobacco versus cannabis, right? Is tobacco, like you said, makes me think a lot more, right? Which yeah. is great for when I'm getting work done or in your case, writing a book. But a lot of times, if I'm looking to connect deeply with someone, cannabis can help me get there. But again, it's it's about just crossing that threshold, right? Mm -hmm. What is the minimum effective dose to get me right over that threshold where I'm now connected to intuition without blowing me so far out that like I have to go lay down and have an experience that turns into an ordeal? <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, just to wrap up, um, what what is the offer for your course mm. that you want to share? Um, it's, it's a $5,000 course. So it's yes. not, it's not like a, um, it's not like a weekend, you know, $250. We're going to give you a, the impression that you know something. Yes. It's a fair bit of training. Would you say it's eight weeks long? It's 10 weeks long. 10 weeks long. Yeah, so 10 how weeks does long. it run? Yeah. So, uh, the course, like I said, is 10 weeks long. Uh, you get a new module released every week uh, in Kajabi, and that module consists of three modules, the science, the ceremony, and the coaching aspect of that particular module. So by the end of the course, you've gotten 30 modules, right? right. That you're going to be able to not only understand, but we're going to have you put them into action, right? We have a final exam at the end to ensure that when we're certifying you, you're ready to go out there and preach what Connect with Cannabis teaches, right? How, how much time... 
uh, how many minutes is each lesson of study? Yeah, so they range. Um, again, like, you know, for instance, the conversation with cannabis module, that is about 25 pages of science material uh-huh. put into a nice, easy to read slide deck. But we also give you the manuals along with it if you want to go really deep. So it can range anywhere from one hour to four hours per week that you're okay. going to be total, right? That's including the ceremony, which is the actual direct experience of, okay, yeah. let me go do the thing. And then also showing up to the weekly Zoom calls where we come together as a group and we talk about our experiences and I'll coach a little bit as necessary. And we've had three groups go through already and they've all had incredible results, been able to implement it into their business. And like I said, you know, the reason this course is the price it is, is because we wanted to make sure it had every single thing that allows someone to become a cannabis expert, right? Because this is something that people's clients are going to be interacting with. It's going to help to be like aware of that knowledge right before the boom hits if you will so is is this a course for therapists or is it for people that are not coaching people but just want to learn or no who's who's the target market yeah i'm great question so this is meant for coaches facilitators and healers facilitators of what uh facilitators of say things like retreats uh say things like somatic healing say things like therapy for instance right Mm. anything where you're going to be of service to someone in a way that you're going to be helping them heal or healing them like midwives (laughs) yeah i mean it really could be anything right because there's a whole conversation around cannabis and pregnancy that nathan dr nathan riley and i touched upon in his episode um but you know it's it's really a big wormhole and the thing is if you're if you are either of service now or you're someone who's really looking to be of service, right? Mm-hmm. We've had quite a few Czech people come through the course and, you know, they're just, they're, they have so much information from everything you guys do, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're looking for, you know, getting into plant medicines and things like that. And they're looking for really the missing link with cannabis, because like mm-hmm. I said, there's no user manual out there for no, it. No, there's a lot of bits and pieces, but there's, I've never seen a coherent package that teaches you a science and a practical application of uh, like a systematized approach like I did with holistic lifestyle coaching. Exactly. And then once you're in the community, you're in for life, right? You're in the alumni community. We have weekly calls that go on in there where we're constantly giving you new information. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have access to Alex and I whenever you want. I mean, anyone listening that has grow questions, I mean, all of that, like I said, is going to be in the second level, but anything that people are curious on, please hit me up. That's what I love to do. Right. And, you know, I know that this is something that's not seen other places, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no other cannabis courses out there that are this in depth, right? Yeah. There are other people that will tell you what terpenes are and what cannabinoids are, and that's valuable, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't really give you a lot of real world application of yeah. like what happens when your client comes to you with this type of challenge. Yeah. How might you accentuate their healing with cannabis if you so choose to go that route? I imagine you also have indications of when cannabis isn't the right answer. Exactly. Yeah. That is like a lot of what the course is. It's like, hey, you're going to hear in society that cannabis is great for everything, right? Yeah. Or you're going to hear the other side of it, it's the devil's lettuce, right? Yeah. There's not really an in-between. And so it teaches the individual who's going through it to be able to discern for themselves and their clients of like, hey, either this is something that might be positive for you at this time, or hey, yeah. don't do this right now because you're not showing up in the other areas of your life and you're going to end up potentially like becoming dependent on this, right? And having it be a crutch. And so the thing is that, you know, within this realm, 
there's so much information out there, but you have to go all over the place to learn it. And really yeah. it's all scientific in nature. There's no, again, real world experience, right? Yeah. Of how to actually integrate this stuff into your business. And so it's, it's really been so enjoyable getting to do this and put people through it and have them be like, whoa, this totally changed my relationship to cannabis. Yeah. And then having them be like, and now I'm offering it to my clients. Like, that's what I love to see. It's so fun. Well, I think with all the training you've done from studying soil science to psychology to being a Czech professional to working with your father and thousands of people with all these challenges working in the industry, mm. uh, in a dispensary, uh, working with other technologies like biogeometry, um, you know, your approach to your course is going to be like my approach to my courses because I've been in a lot of different fields and worked with a lot of different types of patients. So you get more of a, a renaissance man type approach or someone who has uh, multiple viewpoints and can integrate concepts yes. as opposed to keeping them separate like the Western mind seems to like to do, you know, well, you're a psychologist. Okay. Well, what type of psychologist? Exactly. Oh, well, what type within that type <laughs> are you? Or, or you're a sur you're, you're an orthopedic surgeon, but what do you specialize in? Oh, shoulders. And now it's got to the one, I, I only specialize in right-handed people. I mean, I'm yeah. making a joke, of course, yeah, but no. <laughs> you know, we, we, the West has become so specialized that the paradox is, you know, a whole lot about very little but you don't know that much about how it all works together and i mm -hmm. think when you're dealing with the you know effective application of of marijuana you have to have a pretty well um you have to have a holistic approach because there's just too many ways you can go south you can be the know more about cannabinoids than anybody in the world but know nothing about the psychology of the individual or addictive tendencies or behavioral modification exactly. or ceremony or sacrifice right yeah and that's part of too we, we you know people forget that um ceremony is connected to sacrifice mm -hmm. you know we're, we're 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 doing ceremony to remind us of what we have been given and what has sacrificed itself for us mm. whether it be the sacrifices that our parents made or the sacrifices that the animals and the plants we've eaten or the sacrifices of the earth for our stupidity or, you know, my point is, is that sometimes learning how to use a medicine is learning how not to use the medicine. Absolutely. I mean, it's at least 50% of it, right? Like, yeah. you know, and it's the part that no one talks about. And, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy doing, right, because this is such a new thing and because people might be like, well, how do I know if this is going to apply to my business? Right? I'm a business coach. How would that apply? Right. Things yeah. like that. I always offer a complimentary call, right? So if anyone's interested, even remotely, hit me up. Let's hop on a call. Let's go through your relationship with cannabis. And I will give you my honest answer if I think this program is going to benefit you. Because yeah. the idea is that specifically, you know, when you're working with any type of plant medicine, especially a psychedelic one in nature, you know, I don't want people getting on a call with me who are like, yeah, I'm going through a lot of trauma and I want to sign up for your course. It's like, I don't think this is the right time, right? Like, yeah. let's let's do some one-on-one -on -one work and work through that without the addition of anything yeah. before we add things in. Because you want to subtract cars, not add cars to the traffic. Yeah, team, right? you want to do the I before the we. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, you are offering a discount to the listeners. Penny can give the discount code because you haven't got the code figured yeah. out yet, have you? Yeah, we're going to co-create it together. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, how about we just use check? Yeah, check 10. Check 10. Perfect. So 10% yeah. off. So 
that's a pretty nice savings. Mm-hmm. And so, and and as you've said, some of the Czech practitioners, Steve Panico and others, have gone through it and have really enjoyed it. Mm. And these are all guys that know a lot. So yes. if they're going through it and getting a lot out of it, that's pretty impressive because, you know, some of these people you're talking about are pretty serious livers and students of everything. So it's not like they're just wet behind the ears, young people taking a course. They're, they they really have a deep understanding. So if it's working well for them, I trust that it's got some real meat and potatoes. In other words, it's a good investment. Yeah. And, you know, the greatest part is that, you know, when you get certified as a cannabis coach, coaching with cannabis, you can then go make your money back on this, right? Like yeah. one of the reasons that we really wanted to keep the co- the cost as low as possible, right? For working on this for the last year and going crazy with it is because we wanted people to be able to take a course that just like your courses, you can then go implement and make a business on, right? We live in a very interesting world right now. Yeah. The ways in which, you know, people make money are being challenged in a lot of ways. So yeah. the more that you can go out on your own and have a skill set, a unique one, yeah. I mean, especially in an industry as big as the cannabis industry, yeah. I mean, you're going to be so sought after from corporate dispensaries all the way down to the individual user. I mean, it's such yeah. a great I can ability. actually see how dispensaries could hire people you've trained because that's where everybody comes that's abusing the stuff. And that's Absolutely. where people come that don't know how to use it, don't know what to do. And they're getting shitty advice from people. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. Do you like the smell of that one? That yeah. should work. <laughs> Look how pretty this one. It's the one for you. <laughs> yes. And mm. every dispensary is looking to be the greatest and grandest, right? Yeah. And so if you're someone out there that has this knowledge, you can go to dispensaries and go, hey, I, you know, are you looking to host workshops here where for free, you know, you can offer this free to your patients where mm-hmm. I can come in, you can, you know, uh, provide me a fee and I can teach your, teach your clients and patients about this medicine and how to get better results, how to, you know, we say have better buys and better highs, right? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and so it's, it's an amazing booming quote unquote budding industry. And it's an amazing time to get in. And I can tell you as someone who has been in the industry, you don't want to sit under grow lights, right? All day. No. You don't want to sit on the fluorescent lights. You don't want to be in front of a cash register. So there's other ways to get a piece of this industry and yeah. also be on the right side of history. Better so highs, better buys, better highs, and better healing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. Well, I think we covered a lot of great information and a lot of um, novel approaches and understandings and a quite a good cross-section of the two sides of the sword of cannabis Mm. and uh i think we've had a good you know i'll just say closing you know ryan knows what he's doing and his (laughs) marijuana is definitely proof of it it is extremely high quality but beautiful like you you really have a unique experience when you have marijuana that's been grown properly yes and when you learn how to use marijuana from someone that not only knows how to use it, but you've had, you know, you helped your father and mm. you've been through your own challenges. By the way, the blood in the urine, was that a bladder infection or a kidney problem? It was a, a cyst in my kidney that broke open. Okay, yeah. Benign cyst. I figured it was one of the two because mm-hmm. those are the two things that usually cause blood in the urine. Yeah. I've seen a number of those cases over the years. Mm. But yeah, so thank you very much. And I hope you guys all enjoyed this. And for those of you that, want a career change or want to really upskill your understanding and application of marijuana in this very interesting environment where there's a lot of stressed out people smoking a lot of pot, probably getting less than ideal results who could use some good management. Or if you're a healthcare professional and you want to add 
a new level of depth and understanding and offering to your patients or clients. I think this is a fantastic opportunity for you. And uh, thank you to the sponsors for all your love and support and your amazing products. And thank you to each of you for buying anything you do from the sponsors. I'm sure most of you have already figured out it's absolutely excellent and it would not be on my podcast if it wasn't. And thank you for sharing the episode. I, I, I uh, hope all of you enjoyed it enough to share it. And you know my deal. If you love the episode, tell everybody. If you didn't, it's our secret. <laughs> so lots of love. Hang in there, everybody. We're going through a great transition, but there are a lot of wise people out there and can help us through it. And uh, hopefully the podcast is a great source of education and inspiration for all of you. So aho, great spirit. Uh-huh. We are safe. We are home. We are whole. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Living 4D with Paul Check and today's guest, Ryan Sprague. Ryan is offering Living 4D listeners 10% off his Connect with Cannabis 10-week certification program. Visit highlyoptimized.me for details and use the code CHECK10 when you register. That's highlyoptimized.me and the code is capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, the number one, zero. You can find Ryan on Instagram at the real Ryan Sprague and also at highly.optimized. Follow Paul on Instagram at paul.check, on Twitter at paulcheck, or on his YouTube podcast channel, youtube.com forward slash living 4D with Paul Check. Watch more on Paul's blog at paulchecksblog.com and get your free subscription to Czech videos and more at the Czech Institute's new media site, chikiva.com. Remember, you can read the show notes and find links to the resources mentioned in this episode at checkinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Thank you.